Are you ready to begin? I am. Hi. This is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we'll have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. We are two girls. Too sad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the syllabus. <laughs> okay. Uh, Twilight. Uh, we made it. <laughs> yeah, we made it to Twilight. Bethany. <laughs> I just, I just looked at your notes on the dock on the dock right now, <laughs> and it just said, "Just freewheeling on this one." <laughs> Like, there's no point in writing notes. I think that this episode should be as chaotic as the Twilight universe is. <laughs> I guess the first question that I, I was like, I guess I should p- posit a question. So is Twilight gothic literature? <laughs> I would say no, but I do think it relies on gothic literature to be at all um like cohesive or like it really relies on that tradition for its story i don't think it it is gothic literature but i think it it has to have gothic literature to make sense what do you think yeah um yeah that's true it needs to um gothic literature is its foundation it departs um by maybe relying a lot on romance yeah twilight is what oh. happens when you blend romance and gothic literature yeah and i think i do think romance is sort of a lot of gothic like like oh. there is some sort of romance thing like in wuthering heights for example mm-hmm. right romance yeah. but yeah, yeah i would say like twilight the romance is the superior story to any gothic literature elements like it becomes the the a plot um versus anything else that's happening like does edward really need to be a vampire no we saw 50 shades of gray like it could be he could be anybody um the romance is the like the main plot i think that's true i guess i mean i'm willing to hear if twilight is if someone argues that it is gothic literature I just think it relies on the history of Gothic literature, but maybe yeah, it's not necessarily yeah. itself. It doesn't commit hard enough to be Gothic literature. But it has these elements of like, um, it has the element of the sort of monster, monstrous, like in a lot of Gothic literature, we were talking about like Frankenstein, Dracula, how everything was um scientific like all of the all of the uh it those novels went to some lengths <laughs> to really define these monsters and there's that yeah. one part where like where Bella is researching like she has like she's doing research on vampires and then there she's also googling. seems to be she is she is googling <laughs> what are vampires <laughs> there's also there's also a montage in Jennifer's body where Amanda Seyfried is like is like in the library <laughs> like looking up demonology. And also, you know, I watched that this year, The Ring. 
lots and lots, lots. of being in the library or yeah. Googling things. Yeah. And you gotta have um, the research montage. Yes. And then there's also one for Jacob and it's sort of like, I think yeah. she's, but she's more going into like indigenous um, folklore and stuff like that to, yeah. to figure out what's going on there. So I feel, yeah, it has elements of Gothic literature. It's, I, <laughs> it's, it is a genre unto its own possibly it's it's fan fiction i guess yeah uh, yes and it's also it's ya um sort of paranormal romance i guess um very much though i think yeah it kind of kickstarts a type of book i would say i guess it kickstarts i always that was the my first ever introduction to young adult literature actually when I was like, yeah. I don't know, a sophomore in high school, I read Twilight and that, and then, and then like, I don't know, going to buy the new books at like Barnes and Noble or whatever, like when Breaking Dawn mm-hmm. came out, it was like in the YA section of the bookstore. And, and I was like, oh, there's all these other, and then I, that was like my introduction to it. So like, I, I think that it, I don't really know, I haven't really read or know titles of young adult literature prior to twilight yeah i think besides classics that now get sort of relabeled young adult yeah i'm not a huge yeah i don't know much about that genre but i think same with for me that twilight was like the start of like oh there's books being made for someone my age um specifically and especially these ones that have like sort of fantastical stakes or like a fantastical world or a dystopian world and a romance plot seem to be kind of the, the theme of all the young adult I read. And there's a difference between that and like children's literature. I don't know. I mean, I guess like Harry Potter could be rebranded as young adult. It sort of is a series kind of, of gross. events. Yeah, yeah. But it's like what kept those from being young adult. I guess was um you don't have like hormones <laughs> like there's no like the romance element I don't know there's some sort of like there seems to be an understanding of like okay in YA novels there's gonna be people like having illicit almost sex or something almost sex and Twilight almost sex for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah. Yeah, so Twilight the book, this is my minor research that I did, um, comes out in 2005. The movie, the first movie comes out in 2008. And the movie's wrap in 2012. I think the mm-hmm. Breaking Dawn part two comes out in 2012. So four books, five movies um, that were a huge, like, gigantic phenomenon. I think that kind of relates both to be like, oh, this was our first, like, YA book. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Like mm-hmm. everyone, so many people were reading, not everyone, reading it, talking about it, watching it. And if they weren't liking it, they weren't mocking it. You know, like it was just everywhere. Yeah. And why? So my also my first like time reading it when it seemed to blow up was in like 2007, like right before the movies came out. 
And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, what yeah. sort of subtle, how did that, I mean, I heard about it from a classmate who was reading it, and I, like, borrowed her book and read this it. This is literally exactly <laughs> what I was given, like, someone's copy, and I borrowed. That's freakish. Is this a psyop? A classmate. Maybe Twilight is oh, not. They, they introduced it into the schools. <laughs> yeah, like, into the water <laughs> system. Um, Because, yeah, it can't, like... 2005 I was still in middle school and yeah 2000 it was around yeah. like 2007 2008 when I was reading the books right before the movies came out so I guess it was just sure. like it must have been um must have been some like deep marketing strategy like the books I don't know the the movie started marketing the books early on um but yeah it was a it was a huge hit and it was i don't want to compare it to harry potter but it seemed like it was the natural like next progression like people who were yeah. who had grown up reading harry potter there were many of them who then turned to twilight because they wanted this fantasy a fantasy story but they were grown and so they needed um romance or something like harry potter is missing yeah. a lot of like teenage feelings yeah and it, it, it i remember like in a few of the books you know they'll have a dance or whatever in harry potter but yeah. it is a, always the minor plot you never really get into it and twilight that that is the plot right like the fantasy is the secondary plot kind of um right it's the romance of course yeah yeah <laughs> i will say for gothic literature sorry i was thinking about this a lot um to me the probably besides the vampire element the most gothic part of twilight is the setting yes um forks washington being this very wet rainy um mysterious place with like lots of old growth forest and on the shore like that part of the Northwest is mm-hmm. really moody. So it's yeah. like really perfect, like like the Moors and Wuthering Heights, like it's a perfect setting. And in fact, I actually think they, this is to me where I'm like, oh, it's not Gothic literature because she doesn't do enough with it. Like, yeah, yeah. There's not enough of that setting. I feel like it yeah. could be, you kind of see it, I guess, in the first movie with the like everything's in blue and green cast, oh, yeah. uh, everything. But it just, I feel like that, that setting is like so evocative. Like, why isn't it more atmospheric? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it kind of, to me, that it sort of fails on that level. Um, like they describe cars, I think, more in the books than they describe where they are. <laughs> like, I think there's like 80 descriptions of all those. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot of description of his house, though, like the architecture of the Cullen's house um, or the Cullen household. And um, that seems to be a big part of it, too, like this. uh, um, Yeah, just just evoking the decadence of. The decadence of that whole family, uh, like to be able to understand like how like they have they have money they must have had therefore they must have had time to acquire money or whatever um 
that's the other thing too is that like capitalism and not industry but but capitalism and like acquiring of wealth or acquiring of like uh material stuff is a big part of that too which i which i feel like has a presence in all of has a presence in dracula yeah that's true in uh weathering heights heathcliff becomes wealthy or whatever yeah that they have to have and again and I, I still can't get a phantom he is getting that money um from the opera getting a lot of money <laughs> Twenty thousand um, francs a month <laughs> um yeah the acquiring of yeah wealth which i guess is also kind of I get code for power in a lot yeah. of these yeah. instances. And I do think about 50 shades being a twilight fan fiction, his, yeah. what his character, the character of what Christian gray being related to Edward is that what he's really rich. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, like that's what she took from the books of twilight, like rich guy. And um, this is a little bit of a tangent because I want to go back to the rich dudes, Byronic hero. But uh, is Twilight fan fiction for? It's fan fiction for something, right? Like Twilight well, itself. It wasn't necessarily. Well, two things. Okay, <laughs> so I think Stephanie Meyer said that she had a dream. Oh right. And in which I guess Edward, a vampire appeared and then she wrote twilight based on that not to no never mind i'm not going to qualify this it very much feels like a self-insert story Uh in which like bella could be anyone could be stephanie um (laughs) i know that's very mean to say but i think yeah i think you even have interviews from robert pattinson being like I think she's in love with Edward, like about Stephanie Myers. Like this is a really weird story. <laughs> but after that, there is like it's basically a Tumblr um, post, I think, originally connecting these dots. But that Stephanie, My Chemical Romance started the band. Oh, this is not the direction that I thought. Oh my god. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> well, this is what you're getting. My chemical romance started because of 9-11, essentially, in which the lead singer was, like, traumatized by the, those events because he lived in New Jersey to write songs and started this band. Stephanie is listening to and inspired by My Chemical Romance while writing this vampire novel and, like, bases some of that vampireness on my chemical romance. <laughs> I just I it's so sort of coming back to me now. Sort but. of like my chemical romance fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously people like to draw then that line to Fifty Shades, which is Twilight fanfiction. And that basically 911 50 shades and how we got there yeah it's coming back to me now i totally forgot i like i knew somewhere in the recesses of my mind that there was um that i had heard something similar to this but yeah i remember i remember this i remember specifically watching a tiktok that was like what's a like history 
like yeah. butterfly effect that you that you think is just so great and someone explained that whole thing yeah um how like yeah. 9-11 and is it yeah yeah mm. oh my god um uh, <laughs> um oh the fraughtness of history um okay so i'm glad that we went on that tangent perhaps I'm we sorry. can come back to that but i was gonna ask if you think Edward Cullen is a Byronic hero. Yeah. Kind of. I feel like I'm I'm sorry that he I'm meets like the qualifications. <laughs> he meets the qualifications, bit. yeah. He does. But I feel like I was reading so that last year, Stephanie published Stephanie, my friend Stephanie Meyer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um published Midnight Sun, which I think she had had for a while, actually, um, which was Edward's perspective of Twilight. Just the first book. It's really long. Yeah. And I tried to read it and it was awful. Did and you buy I it? couldn't do it. No. Oh, I okay. rented it from the library like an ebook. Yeah. Um, no, no. <laughs> 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 um, and it is awful. But it did make me think about Edward as a character because I think he's very, very confusing because he does have these Byronic traits. But to me, he is not like romant, like a romantic lead like Heathcliff is in some ways mm -hmm. or even mysterious mm -hmm. like Heathcliff. Um, so he, I think he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, well, the mystery. Think, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go talk about mystery. That's better. I <laughs> well, I think that it has this. Um, so we we over the previous three episodes, we talked about like things early on in the nineteenth century, things being shrouded in mystery, and and like and Byronic hero Byron, like everything being sort of like what's going on you don't get the whole picture that's even that element of mystery is even added by the fact that a lot of these gothic literature stories are um narrated by someone else you're never inside the yeah. character's head different from twilight where you're right. inside bella's um and uh but then you progress to through dracula up until the early 20th century phantom of the opera where you have the revelations everything is revealed and things are revealed mm -hmm. to be, to have an explanation behind them. And like stories about illusionists and mentalists, everything has an explanation. Um, and so, and that is accelerated. That whole arc is accelerated and takes place in Twilight within the first half of the book, where things are sort of, um, Edward Cullen is a, maybe, Byron, starts out as a Byronic hero, sort of, um, where he's like this, but he's a high schooler. Anyway, uh, <laughs> mapping all of these like gothic lit, it's interesting to me that mapping gothic lit themes, it seems silly to me to think like, oh, but these can't be Byronic heroes because they're just like 17 year olds, even though technically mm -hmm. Edward is not a 17 year old, but whatever. But then also so is like Kathy and Heathcliff, like their shit's going down when they're adolescents really too. Young. So yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Edward has mystery, 
it's then revealed the explanation is he's a vampire. Jacob has some mystery. The explanation is he's descended from werewolves, stuff like that. Right. And so it, um, that is m- another example of your, um, your take that it builds from Gothic literature. Yes. But and I am, is. yeah, now realizing <laughs> that I left a very important part out when you asked about if Twilight is based on anything. I am so sorry about this <laughs> because it definitely is. <laughs> Wait, let me, I got it here. <laughs> yeah. So this is like, Stephanie Meyer has been actually very clear about influences to the point where I'm like, that's ridiculous. But um, <laughs> has said that each book in the series is based on a classic book. Whoa. Um, so the first Twilight based on Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> okay. We both just made the same face. <laughs> <laughs> like just because you have like two characters who sort of don't like each other in the beginning but they do like each other the entire whatever um new moon is based on romeo and juliet what i i guess because she's gonna commit suicide (laughs) and then he's gonna kill himself i don't that's it a misunderstanding okay yeah eclipse then is based on weathering heights which to me actually makes even less sense i was like yeah replotting what happens in eclipse and i don't understand that at all i have no idea how other than a love triangle i like don't i see no parallels (laughs) not at all i mean the the only parallels i would see would be like in the first book when they're like well we're like connect we're destined you know like this again like we're destined we're not good for each other but like we are like fated then supposedly Breaking Dawn is based on a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh my! Oh my God! <sighs> she also said that Anne of Green Gables was a big influence on her writing. Oh God! <laughs> and that the Cullens were inspired by her own family as well as characters from the X Men cartoon. Oh my Lord! Which I actually mean- is a big. It's a big part that I'm like. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, not doesn't make sense. Doesn't really work for me because a lot of the focus on the vampires is not that they're vampires, but that they have powers. You know, like they each have their own particular power, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But like instead of like focusing on the vampirism, it's like, well, Alice can read minds and or sorry, Alice can see the future. Edward can read minds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like everybody has their own thing. Yeah, it's way more. Um... I think like fantasy literature is and it way more fits that because yeah because like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, m- myriad fantasy series um all have to do with like how with like the world building or whatever the aspect of like um everybody every character has to contribute something that like makes the world makes that whole fantasy world and so that to me is like yeah. Twilight is way more, um, <clears throat> is way more that, and, but yeah, but then like tries to because of the romance, because of the sort of moodiness, yeah. then becomes gothic. 
And I believe Bella in the book say, says at one point that like her favorite book is Wuthering Heights or Jane Eyre, you know? So it, it's like, it's oh, there from yeah. the beginning. Yeah, that she really likes. This. So I do think Edward is set up to be like this Heathcliff, again, to the Byronic hero. Like he's positioned that way as uh-huh. troubled, moody, um, has this mysterious past, um, but is like, drawing Bella in and she doesn't know why yeah that I, I I think is there but at the same time I'm like Edward is no Heathcliff mostly because like there is no moral quandary for Edward no. even when his nature right being like I need to drink blood I need to drink this girl's blood <laughs> but he know he, you know he's never gonna make that choice you know that he's never gonna do it and that he knows it's wrong. Unlike Heathcliff, who's like, I don't give a shit what's wrong. I'm doing what, like, I made yeah. a choice. Yeah. Like, I've made my choices, even if they're morally questionable. And that's what makes him a little bit Byronic. Like, he does, he's not a good guy. And mm-hmm. in fact, all of the Cullens are annoyingly moral. Well, and it's also, that's budget. the other thing is that, like, this is a big, like, Mormon propaganda, too, right? And it's like the whole thing is like sex purity. Yeah. Virginism and stuff like that. And so it's all an allegory for that. That which is like, but that's interesting through the lens of this, like Dracula is sort of about purity too and innocence and like maintaining Mm -hmm. innocence. And if we're going to go, if we're going to continue down this path of like understanding Dracula to be like vampirism equals syphilis and like it's propaganda against unprotected sex, whatever. Yeah. Um, then, then yeah, damn, Twilight looks a little bit more 19th century Gothic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think like the morality play of Twilight is huge, even to the later books, right? Where Bella is pregnant. And literally going to die because of the pregnancy. <laughs> and they're like, you're gonna have this. Like she's like, nope, still having this baby. Yeah, you know, yeah, like exactly. it doesn't matter. She's yeah, yeah martyring herself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like it's so yeah, it's like this huge Christian overtone, Christian propaganda overtone. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think even like you have the Volturi, right? Which is like the vampire. I don't know. Council. Council, (laughs) yeah, in charge, which are essentially what? The Catholic Church? Is that what the Volturi is? Yeah, and and it totally. I think that I personally, I think that Stephanie Meyer is, yeah, taking a lot of elements from literature that she that she probably likes she's probably writing a story like writing her own fantasy about dudes that she her perfect man or whatever and i think that she's just one of those she's she's one of she's like those artists who are like just trying to get their feelings out and yeah sort of like using methods that they have that is like has been codified or something right like very much yeah, like using archetypes and tropes and all of these things, which I I think is like 
Stephanie Meyer gets a lot of hate for not being a very good writer and for the problematic elements of Twilight, which are like, duh, obviously. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> and also because like, it was really, really popular and like, yeah, like teen girls, you know? Yeah. Um, so then it's, of course, dismissed. Um, but I, I think you can say all those things about the way it's written. That is how it's written. It's not necessarily a bad thing, you right, know, like right. that that's how lots of people make works. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's um, it's just a differentiation. Yeah. A lot of people do just sort of like um, use methods that are like canon or whatever, relying yeah. on. I mean, in, in the same way that visual artists might like some visual artists don't necessarily have like really defined concepts driving their work instead they're just sort of like i like making collage so i'm gonna make collage kind of thing you know that's what i'm gonna like focus on or whatever okay this is what i think would make this is my theory that would make twilight a more of a gothic literature novel oh yes like more in the genre if it was not written from bella's perspective but instead written from the perspective of like mike newton (laughs) one of the human teenage kids I nearly choked on my water. Um, uh, I had the exact same thought. I had the exact same thought. I was just gonna bring that up. It's like (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily Mike Newton, but (laughs) because like I forgot that he even existed, even though I just watched it last week. Like, um, but I had the same thought where I was just like. The thing that is keeping this from being gothic literature is the fact that you're inside the main character's head and you can't, there is no mystery once you're inside their head. Once you're hearing the story being told from the characters who are embroiled in the whole thing, you can't, you, there is no way that, that any mystery could be there and you need the sad boy narrator. (laughs) I know. Right. The one who's like, kind of has a crush on her like to begin with and then gets left and he's like what is going on with these dudes and he, yeah he becomes he's a little gossipy he goes and finds it out he only gets these like secondhand bits of narration and he's like trying to piece it together yeah incredible i would love that he's, and that- like doing some sleuthing reads bella's diary i don't know like something well and that would make the research montage a little bit better because like if he were researching you know whatever like he were like googling the Collins, like what's up with this family kind of thing. Like then he would eventually get to the demonology section. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, it that like, therefore though, then removes the romance to secondary. You see it happening, but you're not mm-hmm. involved in it. Mm-hmm. And rather than you know it being primary in Twilight, which is the point of Twilight, I yeah. guess. But I really want Mike Newton's perspective. You're That's like to hell with Midnight Sun. I want yeah. <laughs> I want uh, first quarter moon. <laughs> <laughs> Venus as morning star <laughs> is the title of the book with my news. Oh my god, <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> Do it, Stephanie. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that is not part of the podcast. We also have to write fan fiction for each episode. Um, how I would write Twilight. Um, 
<laughs> I will say, watching the movies, at least the first one, I would say, they, they, they're not so much there in the other ones. I was, like, re-watching them surprised by how good the um, sort of secondary cast is, mostly, like, how well the teens are written and, um, like, doing stupid teen stuff in the movie, like, just being dorky and, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. goofy in comparison to like stoic Iceman Edward um I really liked that I I thought they it's a great job in that movie it doesn't have to be there yeah and um and again it does that's a really going back to like well Heathcliff and Kathy are technically sort of in the same age when a lot of their plot goes down ostensibly what's her face mina and uh yeah jonathan harker are probably like close in age yeah because that's yeah and so i think that that is um really and and that seems to be i i don't know if this was a conscious choice by our friend stephanie but it seems to be like the thing that is the hardest to contextualize in a lot of classic literature. People like f- always forget that Romeo and Juliet is happening between two teenagers. People are like, right. it, it's not, it's not easy to remember that. Um, and in a lot of like, again, really old literature, romances and stuff like courting and betrothals, marriages was happening at age 17, 18. And so, and it's hard to, like there are no teenage experiences being presented in those novels. It's it's all just sort of like taken. I don't know, or at least maybe that's just how I read the literature, or that's how I was yeah. like directed to read the literature um, in high school or whatever. But like the teen perspective gets totally like just taken for granted, and that is uh, probably a strength of Twilight, and probably like. Again, I don't think that it was a conscious choice of Stephanie Meyer, but maybe sort of just like we, you need to bring the teenage perspective. And like it's a very and the teenage perspective is very real and it doesn't have to be these huge archetypal sweeping. Like poetic experiences, I guess. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about that because I was like, I in this beginning of the season I feel like I was very harsh on Kathy in Wuthering Heights I was like she sucks um <laughs> which she kind of does but she's also like very young yeah, and sheltered flighty. and you know you know yeah and like doesn't so her acting bratty is like understandable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um and also what any like young teenage girl probably would be mm-hmm. doing uh, mm-hmm. to some extent and in comparison to like Bella, I'm like, oh, like Kathy expresses what she wants, has very clear motivations as a character. And also what I like, uh, I guess I said this about Edward and Heathcliff too, is like, doesn't make necessarily the right choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, but I don't know. That's again, like positioned in Twilight reflecting on Weathering Heights I'm like oh I can see that this is now like these people are very young mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and even when they like mature later in Weathering Heights they're sort of stuck 
in like protect like yeah. perpetual teenage yeah. uh, like Heathcliff is he's never gonna age past where he was when he was in love with Kathy. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that people um in current contemporary readings of classic literature and and maybe especially gothic literature do you think that people hold those characters to an adult standard yes yeah they read it that's yeah. a, a better way to say what i was doing. <laughs> like i was you know not thinking of her as a teen which i do yeah. think probably to some degree they're not they're not written how we view teenagers today like it's a different yeah conception yeah, of sure. how old you are and your maturity levels and childhood mm-hmm. um but yeah that you hold them at a different standard because you're like you're an adult how how are you acting like this um yeah even when they're not really adult yeah oh my god I'm just like spiraling now because <laughs> thinking about like how like this the sort of diminishment of teen of the teenage experiment ex- experiment experience <laughs> Like the the teenage experience has been so diminished over the course of you know a hundred years, a hundred and fifty years, because like mm. teenagers um, in the early nineteenth century are treated as adults and then read as adults, and their teenage whims and fancies and their like ridiculous the ridiculous choices that they make, the ridiculous decisions is regarded is then read a hundred years later as like these adult decisions and they're criticized for being adults whatever um they're criticized for problematic behavior being read as adults but then now um any kind of like uh like teenage horror slasher films or something like twilight like it's all sort of diminished as um being put in a box with as young adult first of all the young adult genre or just like yeah. setting a movie in um in a high school with high schoolers and allowing the high schoolers to behave in really dorky ways it just like it um i don't know it it sort of like stunts them and it makes it it's it's strange how the script has been flipped where now teenagers in in stories in film and literature are just like stunted they're looked down upon yeah it's like if they're so historically in you know treated as adults but given which makes their actions seem maybe shallow occasionally or you know inappropriate but yet given the gravitas of of all of those things that d- their decisions mean and given the gravitas of the, the drama versus now where they're allowed to be teens but then it is a bad thing at the same time because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's it's superficial and like who cares because they're teens. Yeah. It <laughs> I'm spiraling. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I like can't and now my mind is just like spinning around. I can't like quite art but yeah, that's exactly it. It's just like um I mean, maybe that's why you have the Cullens are so cranky all the time, particularly Edward, is because they have been forced to be teenagers for um, over a hundred years and continue to go to high school. Uh. <laughs> Which, in the brief, in the brief pages I read of Midnight Sun, he wants to murder everyone in that high school and hates going to high school. And I was like, there has to be a 
a better way. You guys don't need to keep going to high school. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Stop going. Um, stop going. Stop. Just stop going. Yeah, Why they could be pretend to be homeschool. Exactly. At the least, and then you don't have to do it again. Or be like a true Why? ironic hero and just like don't and like be a teenager living in a place and then not going to school at all. And that's cool. weird. Right. <laughs> Yes, but they actually go to school. It's like just yeah, yeah they like skip pretend. <laughs> yeah, convince them to let you graduate because you guys have powers. You don't have to go every day. That also, they maybe... don't really need. They don't need a high school the... diploma. No, no. The biggest plot hole I think of Twilight is like, why are you going? <laughs> even if you were in Rome, even if you were in Rome, just yeah. skip. Do whatever you want. This is bonkers. Oh, man. Yeah. I had a cogent thought for segueing into Twilight's resurgence into pop culture. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, TikTok. Huge. Yes. Um, I have lost the segue. So, I don't know. We'll just start talking about it. And how now it's, um, so now in, uh, late 2021, um, Twilight is, the Twilight movies are in the top 10 of most viewed Netflix in, in the U.S. And right. everybody's like, why? Why is Twilight in the top 10? Like, what's going on? And it's because people are watching it for, because, because of Twilight, Twilight talk. <laughs> All the, like, yeah jokey making fun of all the tiktoks that are like making fun of twilight i would say from consuming a lot of these twilight talks <laughs> over the last few weeks like a lot way too many that it is kind of interesting because when twilight was coming out when it was huge right it was obviously had a huge number of fans we also had a huge number of people like making fun of it, saying it's the worst thing ever um, and just like ridiculing it and ridiculing anyone who liked it, maybe <laughs> more specifically. Um, and these Twilight talks are often making fun of Twilight, mm -hmm. but in sort of a very like, I love this way, like, you know, yeah. like that they enjoy it. Actually, it's not really mean and it's not um, belittling, I guess. Yeah, which is kind of sweet. It's like I do. Twilight is really fun to watch. That baseball scene, incredible. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that one dude who went viral for like reenacting the baseball scene. Yeah. yeah, the fact that you can go viral on TikTok. Also, going viral on TikTok is like sort of high stakes because you get paid because they have like the creator fund or whatever. And so, oh, like, I the more, actually did not know that. Yeah, when you like gain a lot of followers, when you have a lot of views. You get paid per view and or like per wow. follower. And so so yeah, so going viral on TikTok is like not like going viral on other social media or even just the internet. It's like you it like results in material resources. And so people will reenact Twilight in the most in like the weirdest ways. They will like figure out like how to make how to like use the crazy eye filter on TikTok to like turn themselves into vampires kind of thing 
they'll twerk to Bella's lullaby or whatever. And the fact that you can go viral on TikTok just for like reenacting Twilight or talking about the weird prop usage. Like I, I'm, I'm making the gesture of like Bella using the ketchup. Have you not seen that? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fact that you can go viral on TikTok for just like making fun of Twilight is really amazing. Like people can earn money. <laughs> Stephanie continues to give. That's all we're saying. Twilight is Thank the you, gift that gives on giving. Basically, for reference, this ketchup no. thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But just me. for reference, um, there's well, there's one account on TikTok, and it's this lady, and she talks about like weird things, specifically in the in the movies, like cinematography, like holes in the production, basically, where they're just like, who, like the director just was not paying attention, like. This character's costume is, like, different from one second to the next, from, like, one frame to the next kind of thing. Um, or she'll talk about, like, the freaky cactus that Bella's holding. Uh, and people will comment, they'll, like, leave comments, they're like, hey, can you talk about this thing? And, like, why is that, like, can you dissect this about Breaking Dawn or whatever? Anyway, what, one of her more viral videos was um, talking about there's a there Bella and her dad are in the diner. It's like the first time in the diner or whatever. And mm-hmm. Bella's like uncomfortable because she's always fucking uncomfortable. She's always like fidgeting or whatever. Uncomfortable in her right. And she like picks up a ketchup bottle to put ketchup on her fries, but she like shakes it. She doesn't even squeeze it. She's just like shaking it, sort of like half ass. <laughs> and then she like looks out the window because like some I don't know. And then she like continues shaking it. No ketchup ever comes out of the bottle. <laughs> she never she never puts ketchup on her fries. She like sets the thing down and then she just like continues to eat her burger. Um and this woman, yeah, talked about that. She was just like she she it's just this woman's voiceover on this part in the movie. And um and now that's a huge like trend on TikTok where people will just like now you just know if you see someone with like the Bella's lullaby theme playing in the background and someone is just like holding a ketchup bottle. You just know that it's about that weird fucking thing in in Twilight. So, yeah. Um the phenomenon of it. It is a phenomenon. Yeah. And I do think well besides the the TikTok craze, I also think that again Twilight kind of has this self-insert yeah, sort of plot device where like Bella is very much, she's a nervous person. She does have characterizations, but there is like a blankness to some of her character. And same with Edward, yeah, like a blankness. And then it kind of, you really could put your spin on it. You know, like yeah. pr- you can really project onto it if you would like. <laughs> My favorite thing about New Moon was um, how... <laughs> how stephanie meyer got away with just like in the in the months the four months or whatever that edward is gone it's just blank pages it's just like september october (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like wow you really revealed to everybody that you did not think about the characters you're like depression is way too hard to write um blank there was another (laughs) and then and then and then the movie producers are just like, yeah, just do a montage that's not actually any action. It's just a montage of, like, Bella and some snow and rain. Um, there was another TikTok that was, like, 
Because pe- the other thing on, on Twilight Talk is that, like, people love to make fun of um, Kristen Stewart's, like, like undulations and gyrating. Mannerism, yeah. Yeah, and people love to make fun of that. But then there was someone else who was, had this hot take, and they were like, Kristen Stewart actually is not a bad actress. Like, she gets a lot of flack for um, portraying Bella in a certain way. And they were like, but mm-hmm. if you read the books, that's who Bella is. Bella is written horribly. And, like, be- the only <laughs> character traits that are Bella are, like, her awkwardness. And so, like, Kristen Stewart is just, like, portraying that. She's actually doing a great job as an actress. <laughs> it's just that Bella Swan is, like, a poorly written character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bella Swan's, yeah, like, character would... trait is, like, awkward teenager. Sorry. Awkward teenager to, like, yes, make me a vampire. Those are it. That's it. Yeah. She's going to, like, break something, and then she wants to be made a vampire. And those are the two things that she does. Uh, Again, I think this is, not to get too far back into Twilight, but also, like, one of the issues for me with the book is just that the stakes don't really feel real because there's no questions. You know, like, Bella is always going to choose Edward. There's not really a love triangle. That's, you know, Jacob maybe has a crush on her, but it doesn't go back the other way. Mm-hmm. She's always going to choose Edward. Um, she's yeah. also always going to choose Edward over her own family and over being alive. Um, there's no question. It's just Edward from the very beginning. <laughs> Even when she like reconsiders being a human, it's like, she's no, Edward over she's being alive. <laughs> She just wants to be a vampire with Edward. Um, Wait, I also... she starts panicking when, when she ages a year and he's still 17 and she's 18. Oh, she's like, yeah. oh my God. Like... <laughs> I, I forgot about, like, all of the, like, uh, human-vampire crossover stuff and I forgot about the daughter being the soulmate oh of Jacob. <laughs> actually i did see a great tiktok on that it was questioning that because how is it i think jacob when bella finds out that jacob has imprinted that is the word they use on her newborn daughter um and there's a great scene that is often mocked on on tiktok uh (laughs) interesting line writing and some questionable lines themselves um (laughs) um during that argument jacob says well you know how when you were pregnant you really liked me being around well that wasn't you it was your child Uh, your fetus the fetus right and so someone's arguing like okay so bella was always drawn to Jacob maybe because she's half of this baby's DNA. Then why is that not also the case for Edward? <laughs> there are just like, so why many... wasn't that also like a little bit of an attraction there? There's so many That's logical plot holes <laughs> in that. I mean, there's also the question of like, of like, I thought that Edward was the fucking undead like how does he have semen how does he <laughs> uh, i know and the 
I think they say like maybe it's happened before, like there's been a rumor, but I was like, I gotta say that if there are this many vampires out there, there has been a half human, half vampire child before. And it also doesn't make sense because it's like the child is half human, half vampire. Right, right. Like is half vampire. Yeah. But it's not half dead. (laughs) It doesn't. Because every other vampire gets made into a vampire. Right, right. It doesn't make any sense. And, no. and there, are, there are plenty, well, okay, I don't know if there are plenty, because I'm only thinking of one. But there are examples of children vampires, such as in Interview with the Vampire, Kirsten Dunst. Right. But yeah, right. again, she's made into it. She is, and also, Edward himself is a child vampire. He's a 17-year-old who's, like, going to die from 17. the flu. So... Yeah, you, you, like, little kid vampires exist. It just, like, doesn't, ha- it's not coming from the womb. Yeah, it's, I don't know. She, like, I wonder if Stephanie Meyer, as sh- things get, um, as, as Twilight, the books become more and more popular, she, there's demand for the fourth book. And I wonder if she just had a lot of, like, consultants or a lot of, like, consulting editors with whoever published the book and being like you need to just like go full-on fantasy with this it's gonna be more Mm -hmm. of a hit if you just like build this crazy and it also had to build up to like the crazy war between the like roman catholic type vampires and (laughs) the colons or whatever (laughs) the church and that (laughs) that just feels like it feels like a lord of the rings arc or like a harry potter arc feels way more fantasy than it than it's than the book set out set out to be i know and i think it kind of runs into issues there because again it's like this commit like if it's going to be fantasy go full fantasy you know um but now it's like both real world and a little bit of you know it, it just doesn't and it explains everything but then you have a half human half vampire child and it <laughs> I just don't know. I know. <sighs> also, I do have to think that there is some sort of threading there of having this baby that Jacob imprints on. Um, that is, I guess, his soulmate. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that there was going to be a spinoff. Yes, I was just going to say that. Also, they make this baby age rapidly, mm-hmm. um, which is gross and depicted uh, wildly yeah. in the movie. That CGI is just ooh, <laughs> <laughs> creepiest child to ever exist. Um, oh, but yeah, name. Renesme. <laughs> It's a great story. <laughs> Tale is all the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Like, it's really as you really get a sense of with these, especially with YA serial stuff. You get this. Uh, <laughs> you get the sense that the demand for these books is driving the plot and um 
And and you get the sense that like, okay, someone is advising Stephanie Meyer to write this twist, this plot twist in, in case there's enough demand for a spinoff, in case we think that she could sell more books about the love story between Jacob and Renesme or whatever. And I sort of, I feel like I need to like read maybe like Charles Dickens in this way with like that specifically in mind. And maybe like I should read some books like in chronological order to, to understand if like any kind of serial publishing kind of drives the plot that way. I'm sure that it's that way. Well, it's Mm -hmm. that way in like, in like bleak house like he's getting paid whatever like a dime per word and so that's why it's so huge like but i don't know it just it doesn't i need to yeah i need to reread some like 19th century serial stuff to (laughs) to figure out i think you also see in the movie though too in which the first one is directed by an independent filmmaker or a largely independent filmmaker or smaller filmmaker Catherine Hardwick and then that is a huge success and they're like bye Catherine like basically the studio is going to control this we're making this um like a studio produced movie like in which Marvel. we control all the decisions the direct yeah like a Marvel movie um mm-hmm. in which like who cares who the director is they were not there during the filming of this movie <laughs> um, or they're like their name gets put on it um yeah, which isn't because it does yeah. feel like the first movie at least has a very particular look. It has obviously like a very thoughtfully made movie, um, and the other ones, yeah, are just like, yeah. I mean, even everything about the first movie is like very crafted. Even the soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack is like some like heavy hitter kind of kind of like independent musicians you know like get what is it iron and wine does the does the corny yeah. prom dance um you know yes, and like that becomes that new song yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so there are things that like become iconic because it is crafted really well and then yeah and then the story just sort of like goes off because it's because it's just produced for mass consumption and um yeah so i guess I don't, do you think that the last question that I will pose to you is, do you think that, um, that there can be Gothic literature after Twilight? Mm. Mm. I do to a sense, I do, actually, I think I do, but I do think it has to be reviewed you know like it has to yeah if you are making it it has to be like really reconceptualized i guess is yeah. what I, I mean I, but i do think that things can fit in with it yeah i haven't read but do want to it is a horror um novel but mexican gothic mm-hmm. um came out maybe a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and that from everything i've read seems to be more in line with like reconceptualizing like what does it mean to make gothic literature and mm-hmm. like the tradition of of gothic horror mm-hmm. um not so much like a gothic romance which has kind of been i don't know we've been blurring that line i think mm-hmm. in this season um so i do think yeah i think it's i would like to see it i think it's possible maybe me too i don't have a lot of hope for it though 
<laughs> for a new gothic furniture. I don't know what you think. I think that, well, my feelings on it are all wrapped up in like my angst about, um, call like calls for fiction and like mm. uh for like fantasy or magical realism in all of the submission guidelines it's always like no vampires no mermaids like they really have hard lines for like do not use these tropes i have angst about it because i have spent much of my like my time daydreaming like walking to work in new york or like driving places <laughs> Like going on long drives, I spend a lot of time interior. Like my interior mind, I fantasize about like a vampire character. Like I have a whole character in my head that I would love to write a story about, and she's a vampire. But I feel like I can't write about it because it's just been that trope has been co-opted into this like weird fantasy fan fiction Twilight esque thing. And so I want for there to be gothic literature as well. I want. I want gothic literature to continue on post-Twilight, and I want people to be able to, like, I want stories about vampires to be written um, that are, like, you know, substantive, not just yeah. vampires used as, like, a, a plot-driving force. I don't know. Um, right. And like I think that, it... That, yeah. yeah. I think it can be done. I hope so. That would be be nice to see. Like, and I think there there are some right. Like, I'm thinking like a girl walks home alone at night. Like yeah. Jennifer's body, best vampire. I that is the best contemporary vampire movie. I love Jennifer's body. <laughs> it that yeah exactly like it is a vampire movie. It's more of a vampire movie than probably Twilight is. You know like. Mm even when they don't call her a vampire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's great. <laughs> so but more yeah, Jennifer's yeah. body. Less. Renesmee. Trying to tell me how things happen. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. That's our first season. <laughs> first season of Sad Girl Syllabus. Can't wait to see what's next. Bye. We got more coming up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>